Welcome to the Open House Podcast with James Tatum. This podcast is about conversations that we have in the gym. Everything from training methods, technique, massage, and other odd topics that come up. And today, we have another odd topic. Uh, so that one's going to be fun. That's, uh, that's, that's our, our motivation for today's podcast. So I got Tyree and George here today. What's up, guys? Hey, how's it going? I just finished listening to these comedians on this um, podcast called The Weightlifting Talk. It was pretty funny. Yeah, it was, I learned a lot. I learned yeah, a lot. Yeah, you guys, uh, guys keeping an open mind, I hear. Um, yeah, so uh, I guess uh, I guess you wanted us to have a uh, a disclaimer. You know, normally we keep it pretty uh, pretty serious. You know, we just keep to our own and all that. And uh, so then, uh, you know, some people come out and they uh, they uh, they throw some stuff out there and they, they want to pick a fight. And they're just really just throwing a bunch of stuff out there and they're just trying to see who's going to bite. You know, I guess I can get that. You know, you're trying to stay, uh, trying to stay relevant, trying to stay, uh, in the news to, uh, to make drama. So, uh, we decided tonight that, uh, you know, we'll bite, we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll bite and we'll see, uh, we'll see how it goes. So who wants to, uh, who wants to give a, uh, a backstory? All right, so there I was. I was driving to the gym, and you know, I, I enjoyed their podcast sometimes. You know, there's some things on there that I don't agree with, of course, because everyone has their own coaching philosophy or the training philosophies on how they conduct their training or how they conduct training for their athletes. But you know, I've never went out of my way to be like, "Hey, you guys are idiots," or like, "There's only one way to do this or one way to do that," because there's multiple ways to skin that cat, which everyone knows. And I heard them you know, mentioned, oh, there's a podcast, three hosts. And then um, they started reciting things from one of our episodes. And it happened to be about Tyree. And this person (laughs) that was reciting this happened Mm -hmm. to be a man named Cornell George, who is a uh, master's and had to wait till he was a master's athlete to begin to talk shit. I don't um, see any of his records or any of his lists from when he was a senior. So I wonder what took him so long. I I mean, I will say they, there are still, Hey, take good it easy masters. on the old people now. I'm there, I would say there are still good <laughs> masters. Uh, isn't Phil's a master? Um, Tom Dewar, their master, but they still go to competitions and don't just lift in the garage by themselves and do online stuff only. So I guess that's a little different. Never mind. Stay in your garage with the with the garage flag that says um, "Lions over sheep." And um, he was so worried about your opinion, though. That kind of sounds sheepish, you know, yeah. like a sheep. Yeah, so you guys can uh, you guys could tell these two are uh, they they got nice and worked up. Uh, so, you know this uh, this could be pretty fun. So, I decided to listen to this podcast. Uh, you know, I've been off of social media uh, and I've been trying to do very little. I think I'm gonna like try to limit it to like once a day and going on uh, going on just the computer and not a phone. And then these guys made me download the. Download Instagram and stuff to get into their conversation and see what everything's going on. And uh, so we're already in. So I'm listening to the podcast and, uh, you know, they're just talking about, uh, you know, whatever they talk about on the podcast and their team. And they're definitely like uh, catering to their team. And then they uh, then I don't which one was it? One of those guys started talking about uh, about Tyree. And it was uh, was it our last podcast? Uh, The one before last. Okay. It yeah, was, so, uh, Cornell was talking about Tyree. Yeah. And what did, what did Tyree say? Some, oh, he wanted the singlet. All right. So we'll, uh, we'll start breaking down this. Uh, he said, uh, that that was a terrible goal and you have the wrong mindset to be a weightlifter and, uh, that, uh, you don't care about winning and all you care about is getting a singlet. Um, and, uh, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, all right, we'll, we'll start this. Uh, what are your thoughts on that Tyree? I think it's very interesting. I I like to win. Um, I do think that my mindset is different than some going into certain meets. And I think part of that's because of the meets that I'm at. So I'm sure this guy says he wants to win every local meet he goes to. That's cute that he's going to local meets. But when I'm going to a meet and I have CJ sitting in my session, I'm not concerned about winning my meet. I'm concerned about hitting good numbers, which are good numbers for me, and trying to hit the next step. For me, I've qualified for finals. I've qualified for nationals. 
I've qualified for everything except international. That's the next step for me. And the mm. guy in my weight class is the guys in my weight class are snatching 160. I'm not snatching 160 in my lifetime. Same way as nobody on their team in any weight class is going to snatch 160. So that's not my goal is to my goal is not to beat CJ Cummings or Harrison Morris. My goal is to get to the next step. And my next exactly. step has a process goal. Yeah, there goals. you go. Process goals. So breaking this down logically, um, you know, you guys are worked up. So you're like, oh, screw these guys. They're old <laughs> and they're, they're masters and stuff. But, uh, you know, actually, all oh, that's just like the high emotions running. That's all kind of irrelevant. But there we're getting into something that's actual like um, actual facts, you know, having a goal of getting a singlet because that's like a that's a symbol of making an international team. That's not just a single. Uh, that's like a. You know, it's it's not quite the same, but what do you want to win for? You know, some people are like, oh, I want to win because I want to be the best. You know, some people signify winning as, you know, having that gold medal around their neck. And it's that thing. Um, and that is a step of winning. You know, that's uh, you're winning by making that international total, making it. You still got to make the international team after that. But that is a goal. That's a stepping stone. And uh, those process goals, I mean, go back and listen to our goals episode. They need to be, you know. Um, achievable and within sight, you know, if your goal, like, you know, let's say, um, let's say, even if you didn't say that you never wanted to snatch 160. Well, let's take a step back real quick. So Tyree is already qualified for nationals. He's already qualified for the American open finals. He's already did that. So the next stepping stone is the singlet. So he has every right to talk about how bad he wants that singlet because he's already earned the position that he's in to, for that to be the next step in his process. All right. So is that, when you think about that singlet, are you motivated to train? Yeah, that, that's, that is the next step for me. I, I okay, remember my, so. the first goal I had was I wanted to, I wanted to be consistent at 300, like going way back. I, I wanted to be able to hit 300 consistently. Like that means that's progress. When I can hit that, it doesn't have to be a good day. I can hit 300. Then it was, I wanted to be in the E session of just an AO series. And then it quickly changed because at my second meet, I qualified for nationals. So then it was like, okay, I want to get to the A session of nationals. And then you just keep climbing. And then once you get there, it's, it's nice. Like I'm, I'm, when you can get to the A session of nationals, good. And then when you have two Olympians in your weight class in that A session, are you saying I'm going to beat the Olympian who snatches more than I clean and jerk? No, at that point, you need to look at what your goals are. What are you capable of and how are you trying to progress? And for me, that's the total. That's my next step. Yeah. So um, you're motivated to get that singlet. So that that's the next thing is if you uh, if that was a bad goal um, and you took that away, what is your uh, what's a what's a thing that would motivate you if you're just taking away your motivation you know is that ever a good call to do when you're training you know you're motivated by something like you know of course motivation doesn't last in everything you've got to be uh you got to have that habit of training uh and all of that but when motivation comes along you want to take advantage of it and motivation to win a singlet is motivation and that's something that you should definitely take advantage of um so we're uh what uh, what's the next thing that they kind of went into? They talked about how the coaching philosophy of having three misses and moving on is not a good mentality to have if you want to be in weightlifting for a long time. I I definitely think that that's something that there are different philosophies uh, depending on. We had an episode a few weeks ago talking about picking a gym, and that is something that I think varies the guys at cal strength aren't going to say the same thing as the guys at mass used to say back in the day it's it's different and that is something that i think falls on what coach you're under and some people aren't going to agree with certain coaches and they should they should definitely find a different coach i i, I think that one's more open to does this fit with how you are as an athlete i don't know if there's a wrong answer in that one However, is 10 misses to make a lift that's not a PR the right answer every single time that you're training? I'll say, I know what there was a guy, they said he snatched, took him 15 tries to hit 100. That's cute. Yeah. But 
I, I don't know how beneficial that was because that's well, a bomb well, out. That's, that's think about, out. Think about think about what they preach. So they preach train how you compete. So I don't know any competition that's going to give you more than three attempts. So eight oh, misses. No, or 10 the misses ones in your or... garage. The ones in your garage when you do online qualifiers, you get fifteen <laughs> attempts there. Well, no, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Uh, but so, but, yeah, go ahead. But think about it. What competition is going to give you more than three attempts? So that ten misses or fifteen misses isn't really going to translate back to competition. Mm. I, I do think that there's something to be gained from. I, I, I think people need to have the pressure on them talking about you can gain something mentally from going at it over and over again and trying to beat your beat that lift that has beat you eight times. I can well, understand that. But there's also the part that. where you have to you have to have that pressure on you knowing I have three attempts. I have to make this not the whole I'm going to miss it 12 times and that's OK. I'll keep trying and I'll try a little bit more this time. You need to know I need to make this lift now because this is my third attempt and this is what's going to stop me from bombing out in a competition. It, Exactly. Learn how to be clutch, perform under pressure. Another thing to think about too is at that point, if you're giving someone 10 attempts for a lift that's not their PR, and then you're going to turn around and call it a PR for the day. So what are you doing? Giving out participation trophies? Again, Everyone's a winner. Man. That's what you get when you train in your garage because there are no trophies for there. So that is their philosophy. All right. So, uh, so what, uh, let's, let's dig into that a little bit. So what we got here is a, um, you know, you know, 10 reps and you just miss it nine times and maybe you make it on the 10th rep. Uh, one, you have terrible technique. Um, that, uh, that's what happens when you have terrible technique. Uh, the Bulgarians used to do it because, um, they, uh, they would either have to do that or they would have to get kicked out, uh, of the training center. And then, uh, you know, their philosophy was 99 people get injured and die. And one person becomes a world champion. Then, uh, then you win. Um, and you know, I don't really follow, uh, John's, uh, coaching or anything like that, but he had a gym here in Charlotte that he opened up right after muscle driver left. And, uh, that was a, that was a pretty close representation of kind of how it went when you take a bunch of beginners and you have them maxed out over and over. Yeah. You're going to teach them something mentally. Um, there's definitely that part of it where you're learning to just go, go, go. Um, but that's like the mentality that you'd need, uh, you know, in a marathon, um, not necessarily weightlifting. Um, but I guess there is the rare, rare occasion. Uh, I think Travis mentioned it one time where he went for a PR attempt like, uh, 13 times and then he made it on the, on the 13th or something. And, uh, he says, oh yeah, that was a good experience cause I battled and I won. Uh, but I never want to do that again because I, my training was messed up for like three more weeks. So that's what happens when you actually, uh, you know, uh, when you do that, you really are just messing up the rest of your training. Um, and, uh, you know, this is where, um, you know, this is where we decided to, uh, something I would normally not say, but we decided to escalate this situation. Um, John believes that, uh, you know, I think even in there, he was talking about some kid that was like, oh, snatching 102. And then he tied his PR, which, of course, you should never tie your PR. Um, that is kind of silly. But he decided to not keep attempting 104 because he wanted to save room, save energy to finish out the rest of his training. Um, and then John's like, oh, that's dumb. That's dumb. You can do this, you know. Um, uh, and John has that mentality. Uh and I don't know, you know, some people are really good at lying to themselves because uh, John would come in and he would do that and he would go all out and snatch. And uh, then he wouldn't do clean and jerks. He would just stop. He wouldn't do his squats. Um, he would just stop after. And that's why he got good at snatch because his training volume was so low. You know, when you don't do your squats and your clean and jerks because you're worn out from snatch and then you don't come in in the morning session for the next two weeks because you're sleeping in, you know, that's why you get good at only snatch. You know, there's, um, you, you know, you got to call it like it is. That's one thing that, uh, that John doesn't tell his athletes is that he, uh, did not come in and train hard. Um, and that's why he was only good at snatch. So now let's bring this in. Then he brings in Donnie. Uh, Donnie did have that mentality to push, push, push. 
you know, he would max out on snatch and then max out on clean and jerk. And then he would just go, uh, balls to the wall and squats and he was just trained hard. Um, now let's look at Donnie now. Um, you know, some people might admire this mentality. Uh, personally, I don't, um, you know, he, he has trouble walking, you know, he's got a messed up hip, dropped a barbell on his neck and broke his neck, you know, you know, he's, uh, he's not doing so hot, you know, what's, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's, a. I I believe that he could have been as good as, as he was, or maybe even better under a different style of training. And Glenn believed that too, but Glenn could not persuade Donnie because Glenn, uh, Glenn treated Donnie like a friend. Uh, and I know that Glenn, Glenn and I talked about that a lot and he's like, ah, you know, it's kind of weird because, uh, me and Donnie started out as friends and, uh, kind of drinking partners. And it was a kind of a weird, uh, situation where like Donnie was like, no, I'm going to do my own thing. Um, and so like, you know, then, you know, John kind of went back and forth about, uh, you know, saying what Glenn said, but, uh, you know, Glenn had a hard time controlling, uh, what Donnie was doing, but Donnie had that mentality to go all out. Um, but John, uh, John had the mentality to go out all on snatch and then he was done. And then he had his athletes go all out on snatch. You know, he might be a better coach now. I haven't really followed anything that he's done in quite a few years, but, uh, he had that gym out here in Charlotte and, you know, I think pretty much every one of them got injured. You know, it, uh, it was just too much on them. Just a bunch of beginners doing that Bulgarian system. And he would yell at them and call them, um, you know, slackers and all that stuff because they wouldn't have the energy to hit the percentage or hit those heavy like sets of five squats after they maxed out on snatch. Cause, uh, you know, they, uh, they went hard on all on everything when John would only go hard on snatch. So there's that, like, um, that's important for people to realize when they're listening to some of that crap that they're talking is, uh, that it's not real. That's not it. That's not what happened when he did it. Um, it's not what happened when Glenn, coached us it is uh what glenn would tell john um would be whatever glenn thought would convince john to actually do some work um so it's you know it's a little different than uh than the story that he portrays it's interesting um, to look at weightlifting like like we're gladiators but i don't think anybody would want to live that life like, yeah, we need to come in and we need to train hard to get better. If somebody beats you, especially in competition, they they probably did train hard. I've said that before. I said, these guys that are winning the A session, these guys that are snatching 155, they're not superheroes. They work harder. They they, they work harder <clears throat> and they started working earlier. If, if there's something I can't do, it might be because of what I did before I started lifting. What was I doing when I was 13 that this guy wasn't doing? What was I doing I don't at believe 20? That. You don't believe that? Not at all. I think some people are just better at weightlifting than uh, other people. Um, you know, take this for prime example. Um, here's an example at the Olympic Training Center. Uh, it was Sarah Robles. And Sarah Robles would train, you know, three, four times a week. And she would do a few lifts. And then she'd stop. It'd be like 90 minutes. And this was during the time that Zygmunt was having people train, you know, two, three hours a session for nine plus sessions a week. Um, when they were going hard and then they were like, they, some of the lighter weight girls were kind of jealous of, uh, Sarah who didn't have a, um, who was not coached by, uh, Zygmunt at the time. And they're like, oh, she's lazy. She's only doing this much work. You know, she only had to do that much work to be that good. She didn't uh, work. Do you she not think that there's something that, so not right there when she was at the OTC, that's what she was doing and that's what she needed to be successful. I'll take I'll take you for an example. You snatch 137 at your first meet, right? Or was that your second? Second meet. Okay. You snatch 132nd at your second meet. I still have a snatch 137 seven years later. But I don't think that that is necessarily from your weightlifting training. I think that that is from what you did before. You had a background before you started weightlifting. And I think that that made a big difference in why you were able to come in and snatch 137. So everything I did for my years before when I was playing in CrossFit and when I wanted to be a bodybuilder in high school, that was different because I wasn't deadlifting when I wanted to be a bodybuilder. I did all the machines in the world because I hated doing back stuff. And I think those type of things are why we are where we are today. Not just my weightlifting training, everything I did before that. 
because they're yeah, not superheroes. I mean, like, yeah, you're you're not a superhero, and those guys snatching one fifty five aren't either. But they did something that either I didn't do or haven't done hard enough, or there was some formula that got them to where they are, and I don't have those same. I don't have that same equation, and that's why they're at one fifty five, and I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, so to an to definitely to an extent, um, and then there is uh, you know there's another part of that equation, and sometimes some people are just better than you, um, and you know that's a, that's a hard pill to swallow uh, sometimes, um, but that doesn't mean that you can't outwork them and surpass them. Um, so yeah, I mean that's a that's a pretty deep conversation right there. Um, you know, it uh, it kind of goes back to the thing. It's like n- not always the best athlete, you know, wins the competition. My, my favorite example of that is uh, Rob Blackwell. Because if you look at the old, old Cal Strength videos, his numbers are where mine are. Like you, you can see how long it took him to get up to that 160 snatch. It took you a third of the time. And you were just different. But he kept working and he kept work. He kept chipping at it. And when he snatched 160, nobody cares who did it first, whether you did it first or whether he did, it it doesn't matter. You both snatched 160. So he, he's one that I like to look at because it, everybody wants to be the guy that can do it in two, three years. Some of us are the guys that have to do it in nine. So you can either quit or you keep chipping at it. It depends on if you want to hit it or not. Yeah. Yeah, man. Staying consistent. Um, and you know, what, uh, doesn't make you, uh, stay consistent. A lot of misses, a lot of misses and getting injured on rep number nine, when your rotator cuff is fatigued and, uh, you do that all the time. I mean, uh, sure. It's fun. Uh, you know, you get that mentality and stuff. If you're like, if you have the intent of being out of the sport in a couple of years, uh, dealing with injury, you know, that's, uh, that's the path that I guess you could go and you could have some fun. Um, but, uh, it's not, uh, <laughs> it's not as they, uh, say the path of a weightlifter. Uh, that's, yeah. that's what's interesting about what they said, especially for, um, nothing against Brian niche. Cause I don't know Brian niche that well, but he gets on the podcast and he starts talking about, well, the Bulgarians did this, the Bulgarians did that. And the Bulgarians did X, Y, and Z. But it's like, have you tried to actually train as a Bulgarian? I want to see how long you can last in the Bulgarian system before you were broken or before you were completely burnt out as well, an athlete? There, there was a good podcast about, it was with Max Ada and Seb. It was one of the weightlifting house podcasts. And they talked about the difference between programming and a system and how everybody talks about Bulgarian and how we want to train Bulgarian. And we're going to go heavy every day, but we can't mimic that system. We can do what they did on paper, but we can't mimic the, oh, I need to make this to eat. Oh, I need to make this or else I have to sit in the corner and smoke a cigarette and that's all I get for the rest of the day. Like we, we can't mimic things like that, knowing that if we don't make this, we're kicked out and we're off the team because it, this is a hobby in America. It, it, it means a lot to people, but when this is how you feed your family, it's a little different. When, when this is what this is, it's, it was, it was a whole different world for them. So we can't put ourselves in that headspace that they were. We've tried over and over again. And why are, why is there not another team like that? China is doing great in that that they're not doing what Bulgaria did. We haven't mimicked that since. So we can talk about what happened 40 years ago and how great it was. That's not the world we're in now. And we can't mimic that. So beat yourself against the wall if you want to. And we'll see how that works. Who, who has that worked for? There's that one Bulgarian kid who's 17 now. Let's see how he feels at 24. Well, I don't even know if that's the program that he's doing. You know, that, uh, that, that was like the Ivan Abajay of that, you know, they kind of stereotype it in just to say Bulgarian. Um, what they really mean is Ivan Abajayev's program, um, who was coaching for Bulgaria. Um, there were, as a different Bulgarian program before that. And I'm sure there's a different Bulgarian program after because, you know, Ivan got banned from the IWF. So, you know, <laughs> it didn't work when he came to America. He tried that. I was work. just about to say that. What happened to the American athletes that he tried it with? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. They uh, well, one. I don't know how many drugs they uh, they they might have. I, I mean, you know, let, let's be honest. I mean, I'm not trying to. I, I, I'm talking to crap about one person uh, today. We're not going to bring that into a whole bunch of other people. Uh, or we're not even talking crap. 
we're just uh, reciting or we're uh, we're giving a rebuttal to uh, all the crap that we were talking. Um, but you don't really know if there was drugs when uh, Ivan was over there at Cal Strength. Because uh, has Max Ada ever said anything about that? It was Max Ada. He said that um, he was looking for it and they were like, no, we, we don't do that here. So, uh, yeah. I was, so that's a pretty strong uh, thing to say that they were doing drugs um, by saying that uh, because they were probably definitely saying you guys need to do drugs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was asking for it and they're like, no, we, we don't we don't have that. We don't do that here. Oh, oh, the the Americans said that. Yeah, yeah, the Americans were saying. Oh, yeah, no, I, yeah, I thought that they said the Bulgarians said that. No, 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 like, yeah, oh, no, no, that's the Americans. <laughs> that's a lie. Yeah, the Americans were like, "Oh no, we we don't we don't do that here." And he was like, oh. "Okay, I see." Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and it didn't uh, it didn't work. Uh, I think Donnie was one of those guys in that group, um, and uh, you know, Donnie did well. You know, he did okay. Um, uh, he, he's a little idolized. He didn't do that well. Um, he did okay. Um, let's go back into training. Like, what's what were Donnie's best? One seventy and two ten as a one hundred five. Yeah, yeah, that's that's okay. Um, for you know, don't get me wrong; those are good lifts. But you know, comparatively, you know, there have been quite a few others around that same weight class that have far exceeded that. You know, unlike um, uh, what's the what's the other guy? You know, like uh, oh, the other guy that was in that weight class, Wes Barnett. Ah, um, oh, you're, you're saying you, back there, yeah, yeah. So then you got you got Wes Barnett. You got you got some of those other guys from the, like the the late '90s, early 2000s crowd. Uh, Shane Hammond, you know, the, none of those guys. They could never couldn't quite compete at that level. Um, and then definitely not at the level of uh, uh, CJ or Harrison. Um, so you know that uh, that's what happens when you just keep trying to uh, to copy another system <clears throat> rather than uh, you know just look at something logically and uh, do what works. Um, and then if you if you take some numbers and you just start doing some statistics, you'll start figuring out kind of um, kind of what works. Um, start looking at how many, uh, how many attempts you make in competition, you know, how many, um, what are some other things we could do that? I think that's a big one. That's a, that kind of goes really deep into that missing nine attempts at snatch is how many attempts you're going to make in competition. I, I also, I only think that that matters. I, I do think, I think that matters, but I only think that matters if you're competing because there are, there are, there is a, a population of people that just enjoy lifting and they just lift at their gym with their friends after work. And that's fine. And for them, they might be able to take 20 attempts because they don't have to hit it in three. They're there just to enjoy lifting. It doesn't well, matter if well, they're wrecked for three weeks. It's just for enjoyment. And for that population, I can, it's fine. Well, but check it out. They had to make, you can't do that. They had to make their own weightlifting league. Because, you know, you saw his weightlifting competitions were just a little too tough as far as the rules go. I mean, that says a little something. They can't, you know, their league is no press outs. And ah. there's a couple other rules. I don't know the other ones, so I'm not going to speak on them. But I know that's a huge rule that they have is there's no press outs. And it's like, come on now. Why can't you just show up to you saw me and compete the way that everyone else is instead of making your own league and then talking trash about everyone else? Yeah, that's an. I, I always think that's an interesting rule. As much as people complain about the press out, like it, it is a rule. So catch the bar with straight arms, or you don't. If you don't, it's a press out because you had to press your arms straight again. Period. I, I don't. I don't see how that's confusing. But everybody, yeah. there's so many people that don't like that rule. Well, sometimes you have to work at things and. Uh put a lot of extra effort into it. And when you could just change the rules instead of putting in the effort, you know, that might be a quicker, a quicker fix. Um, so, uh, what else do we say in there? There was a whole bunch of stuff. We could just kind of go down that full list of, uh, of stuff and kind of, you know, uh, you guys were getting a little, uh, a little heated, but, uh, we could just look at this stuff logically and just break it down and see, uh, where they're, where their uh, their statements kind of fall short. I, um, I love how 
apparently peaking for a competition just doesn't add up. Oh yeah. Well, that was uh that was a little funny. Um, there was something about, uh, they started bringing in religion and, you know, uh, whenever someone's, uh, interpreting a, uh, a religious text to go in their favor, you know, that's, <laughs> you know, outside of weightlifting, you know, that's, that should be a red flag for anyone that, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, it's either comedy or, you know, someone trying to control you. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think, uh, a few things that ring a bell is a Catholic church. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, you, there's a few things in history that, uh, point to that being a bad idea. Um, and might, you know, I'm not even going to say it's misinterpreting. We're not, we're not even going down that path. Just interpreting it however fits your argument sounds like a terrible goal. And I guess they do Bible studies or something too. And, uh, maybe they, maybe they don't understand religion very well to, uh, <laughs> to do that. I don't know. I don't want to get into the religion thing, but that was like, um, you know, that's like the red flag that you see in like, a in like, Oh, I think I'm sitting in a group with a cult. I need to get out of here. Like, yeah. I was, I was just about to say, cause it's kind of annoying cause they brought religion and then they brought in, um, the military too. And it's like, I was in the army for one, if people don't know my background and the army does not relate to weightlifting training whatsoever. You can't say that <laughs> the mentalities relate. They're completely opposite. They're polar. And then um, religion too. I don't understand how like a story from a long, long time ago where things were completely different than now could ever compare to a barbell and weightlifting training. That's well, not nowhere near as serious. Yeah, it, it was the comparison of David wasn't peaked. He had to perform anyway, which that's I I do understand. Like I, George, I don't think you need to be peaked to snatch one twenty. I don't think. Either of us do. I, I do believe that what's his name? Oh, I guess we don't know his name. Whoever had to take 15 cracks to snatch a hundred kilos. I'm sorry, my man, we don't need to be peaked to beat you. But <laughs> if we are peaked, just imagine what we'll do. So I, I, you're right. I don't think that we need to be peaked to perform. George, George has hit good numbers without being peaked. I can hit stuff. I mean, what James's daily minimum was 145. So you don't need to be peaked all the time to hit good numbers, but yeah, I mean that that the, uh, the consistency allows com- you to comparing like different lifters and all of that, and uh, that that is a little bit irrelevant um, because then you know you know we're just getting into into crap talking, which you know talking crap is pretty fun, um, but uh, bringing it down to uh, you know the the logical output of this, uh, I guess they're trying to say that. Um, there's a mentality that you need to have and they're really focusing everything around that mentality. You know, the mentality of be ready for anything. Um, and that's a motivating mentality. They're looking for motivation. Um, just like that whole thing about the singlet, you know, that it was a motivation. This is the way that they look for their motivation. Um, should, uh, should we take that motivation away? Uh, you know, not necessarily, but to say that that is the only way that you can be motivated is kind of what they were saying in a, by the way they were saying it. Um, and well, that uh, then let's look at their blanket statement of you don't uh, other weightlifters don't actually work hard because they don't take 10 attempts. That was the gist of what they were saying. You don't truly know how to work hard if you haven't took that many attempts to make a, a weight. Yeah, well, there, there was a lot of things that went back and forth. So they need to be you always need to be prepared like David. You, you always need to be prepared, which, okay, your boy wasn't prepared to hit that 100 kilos. So I don't know if, if you're always prepared. He wasn't always prepared because there was no consistency in his training. There was, there was none of that. You need to be consistent. And if there is no consistency, how are you prepared to do something? There, there was no preparation. That, you should have seen that when it took nine attempts of him still missing something. Did you think, oh, he's prepared for this? Or did you think we didn't fix his positioning and that's why he's not able to hit this? Or was it he's not squatting and he's not strong enough for it and he lucked up and caught it once? Like there, yeah, there's so, so much else to that. So there's a good point right there. You are comparing uh, mindset to, uh, you know, you know. sometimes you, I tell you this, tell you guys this sometimes, sometimes you just have to lie to yourself uh, to convince yourself to do something. Um, so that's what you're doing right there. You're, you guys are 
comparing a lie that you're telling yourself to reality. And it's not the same thing. Uh, if you go into reality, people that taper do better. You know, I, you know, there's no way to get around it that, uh, that, uh, figuring out a taper is, you know, trial and error. And it's not just like a general blanket taper. It's just like, all right, Tyree, we've got this taper and, you know, this far out, we want you to be doing this. Um, and, you know, and we kind of know from experience, you know, if, if this and this happens, things will go well. If this and this happens, we need to change. You know, we have a system set up from history that we know what to do to get you ready to compete the best. You know, that is just using information and setting yourself up for the, the best chance for success. That's pretty much what a taper is. Um, and just to, uh, to ignore that is, uh, is foolish as far as, you know, competing in the sport of weightlifting. But I don't think that's actually what they're doing. They're just trying to ignore that to say that they want to get in that mentality. But then they, uh, then they take it too far almost, you know, and then that's where, then that's where it bites you in the butt. Um, because again, taper is when you, you know, you just use, uh, use history and then make it so that you compete the best. I, I will say there is definitely, there are a bunch of different gyms and there are a bunch of successful coaches. I mean, there's Spencer Arnold, there's Dave Spitz, there's Travis Mash, there's Ursula. There's a bunch of different successful coaches across the country and they're all a little different. And there's nothing wrong with that. The guy who works, the person who works at Catalyst might not work over here with MASH. And that's fine. I think this is a this is one of those things where you need to figure out where it works best for you. Like, do you want, are you, some people aren't okay having a coach that will tell them, hey, no, you're going to sit here at 80% and do, tri like how you had me do an eight by three at 80% on snatch when I wasn't consistent. I remember looking at that on my, programming like there's no way he actually expects me to hit this some people are going to need that and some people are going to say i know i can never hit 80 percent, but i want to be able to go for a single every monday and friday and i think you need to find a coach that will work for you and that you'll you'll listen to because i could have fought mm -hmm. james and said i don't want to do triples at 80 percent. let me go for heavy singles all the time but i didn't so it worked we worked together yeah but if look that at, one look work, at go somewhere else periodization is backed by so many different coaches, so many different athletes. Everyone who's successful at something has some type of periodization where they're working on different things at different times throughout the year. So where if you're just going max effort every single day on every single attempt, you lose the rest of your training value. So you, okay, let's say you do snatches first and you max effort on snatches the whole way through and it takes you 15 attempts to make the one snatch. Okay, now you got clean and jerks. Guess what's going to surf? What's going to suffer? It's going to be the jerk. You're going to be very inconsistent in the jerk. That's when you're going to start running into the press outs, which is probably why they made the Gladiator League, because they're too tired to actually do the jerk the right way. And then, boom, you got back squats. You're not going to be able to do any serious back squats for fives or threes. You're going to have to deduct the weight lower. So, yeah, it could say five rep max, but are you really going to be able to push it? No, because you spend your whole load fighting for a weight that wasn't really that important in the grand scheme of the training. Yep. That was well put. Um, you know, what's interesting too is, uh, to go into that miss lift thing and they, uh, they go real hard in that. Uh, and then again, I think it's just like their mentality. Um, if you have to use that to, uh, convince yourself to train hard, um, that, uh, you know, there's definitely some other ways that you can learn how to train hard too. Um, and now look at this. Uh, so Tatiana Karishna, she came over here to the Arnold one time. And uh, I didn't really like that because I was like, oh, why you got to bring the Russian <laughs> over here? No, we don't just keep it in the American. Um, but, you know, since they're using their, their Bulgarians, and so I figured I'd go outside of the country. And uh, Tatiana, who uh, clean and jerked more than, uh, more than me, uh, I believe more than John as well. Um, uh, this is a female for those that don't know uh, – the uh, the sports is female super heavyweight. She clean and jerked one ninety three, um, and passed on her last attempt that meet. Didn't even take yeah. her next her next lift. Yeah, so you know, regardless, everyone knows that she was on steroids. Um, but uh, one of the things that they said when they came over here from Russia, and they were like, "Oh yeah, Tatiana does not li miss lifts in training." 
you know, she just, she just trains and she doesn't miss lifts. Um, is she training hard? You bet. Yeah. She's training hard. She just clean and jerked 193. <laughs> That's like the most anyone's ever clean and jerked, um, ever as a female. Um, and I, I mean, I've, I've clean and jerked 185. It was hard. You know, it's, it, it's heavy weight. Um, what Lasha has missed one snatching so, competition since 2015. Wait, time out real quick. So what is the first thing that goes when you're training maximum effort? What's something that goes, that starts to give it's technique. So if you're constantly training max effort every single day, what's going to happen to your technique? It's going to slowly start to give more and more and more and more. Mm. Yeah. Well, what level lifter are you doing this with? Yeah, that, that, that's a very in-depth question. Um, because it did work for the Bulgarians. I mean, you can't, uh, you can't yeah. deny that, but that's the thing is that they were able to recover from it. Um, you know, they still beat themselves down into the ground. Yeah. They, they had their restoratives and they recovered from it. So they were able to, um, well, well, one, um, uh, Ivan Abjaev, you know, I don't, I don't really know him. Um, but I believe he is not a stupid man. You know, he, he was a smart, smart guy. Um, and he pushed his athletes and he pushed, pushed, pushed. Um, and I think he was very aware. Um, and I think he was very much tracking what his athletes were doing and he knew how much to push them. Um, and when to, um, you know, when to push them. I think it's not just like a blanket, like you guys are coming in and maxing out, you know, all the time. You know, they decided to do these certain things based on like watching and, you know, observing and writing down results. Um, I think that's one thing that might be missing from, uh, from John's, uh, you know, system there is that they're not actually tracking what's working. I don't think, I think they're just too, too stuck into the idea of certain things that were in that Bulgarian system that have like just little hints of things that have kind of come through just on the mentality side of like maxing out, you know, you've well, kind of lost a little bit of the, he said that if they lost, he would add an extra train, an extra hour to training back in the day. Oh, uh, with us. Apparently with Glenn, it would be an extra hour of training a day. If you lost at a meet. You know, I believe Glenn would tell him that, you know, he would say that like to try to get John to actually come in and train. <laughs> uh, I mean, that it, it's uh, it, it's tough to listen to. And that's why I don't listen to their podcasts or anything like that. Uh, we used to train nine times a week. You know, John was there, you know, sometimes he would come for nine t- sessions a week for like a couple weeks in a row. And then sometimes he would just come like four or five times a week. Um, you know, kind of if that, so it's kind of like, you know, one time he even went to, uh, this, this is a pretty funny story. He said, uh, he, he went up to Glenn and he says, Glenn, I just don't think that the, there's a team environment here. Like, you know, like this is just not a cool place. Like, you know, that I don't feel like everyone's supporting each other here. Like I come in and I train and James is walking out the door and, um, and he's already done his workout and he's just leaving and he's like not here to train with the whole team. And then, uh, and he's talking to Glenn at like 11 o'clock and he says, Glenn says, John, do you know what time training is? And he's like, training starts at nine. James got here on time along with everyone else and finished the workout. And you were asleep. Like, <laughs> uh, and it, so it's like, all right. You know, you, you do, you get to a point where you just lie to yourself enough that you start to believe it, um, which um, now don't get me wrong. There is some value to that. You know, you, you sometimes you got to lie to yourself um, if instead of letting yourself be uh, limited by your own expectations. Um, but uh, there, uh, there is a limit, um, especially when it. Uh, uh, it is, especially when it's counterproductive to the thing that you want to get better at, which is weightlifting. Yeah, that's that's another thing too. Is they said that they're the hardest worker, the hardest working weightlifters, but they have no clue what our training looks like or what we do on a daily basis. So how can they even compare themselves? 
Oh, well, you don't miss more than three times in a row, right, so you must go. not be working on it. Right. You know what we could <laughs> um, look at? We could look at competition results, makes, ooh. make percentages. Damn it. Never mind. Never mind. There is none of that when you lift in your garage by yourself. There's none I was going to say, that. do gladiator mm. results count? I, you know what? I'd let them do it. I'd, I'd take that. But let's make sure that, well, yeah, no, let's not take that. Because I was going to ask for the national make-miss ratio, but you have to get there first. And if you're not there, I don't know if we can get any of these numbers anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, now you guys are just getting into the crap talking. Because uh, I actually don't know. I, I have no idea about how good any of their people are. Um, I think uh, that speaks for itself. Yeah, Okay. Yeah, I remember seeing him in the training hall at uh, Albuquerque, um, whatever one that was, AO2, I 2021. Did, I, I did not see them at the training hall in Denver. So what, <clears> what <throat> do you think, uh, Tyree? Do you think that um, their statement about any weightlifter could outpercentage lift you any day is true since they don't have to be tapered or peaked? I I think I thought that was kind of funny because I, I really did think back to what my worst ever meet was. And the worst meet I ever had, I hit 97%. And every other meet I've had other than that was a PR. So I don't know. And it's not like I have a sample size of five. I've been doing it since 2015. So they, as soon as I heard that, the first thing that came into my mind was, oh, they don't know who the fuck I am. That's, that's not me. I'm going to come, I'm going to come up clutch. My worst meet, I'm going to hit 97% or PR. So I don't, they just didn't know. Cause I yeah, wasn't I think the biggest. Anymore. The biggest thing that frustrated me out of their whole podcast was the fact that they don't know any of us really. Maybe John and James know each other pretty well, but Cornell and Brian probably don't even know what my name is, honestly, or what your name is, or have watched any of our lifts or anything. And they have they have the nerve to get on there and to sneak this, not even say who they're talking about, and then just basically try to say that the whole philosophy or style of training is wrong. Yeah, so... You know, normally, um, especially training with John, I usually just ignore the things that he said, you know, and just be like, all right, it's just John, whatever. It doesn't even matter because, you know, no one's no one cares what John says anyway. Um, but uh, I did decide to bite on this because normally if it was just myself, it's just kind of like, eh, whatever, I don't really care. Um, but I do feel like I, uh, I owed it to the people that I coach. And the uh, people who I am helping to be helping them to become better coaches themselves, which would be uh, you two to kind of, you know, set that record straight to let people know, like, that that's not how it is. Uh, I owe it to the people. So like the people that I am like my group of people uh, to let them know that. Uh, that it is kind of crap and that we will kind of stand up and you know, let people know that that's not right. That's not how it is. Um, he says all these things, uh, like you guys, you guys don't know that you, that John only trained five times a week when he says he trained nine times and maxed out all the time. Um, you guys don't know that he slacked off and he never did his squats. He would sneak out of the gym and leave. Um, so that, that is a, that is an injustice for him to start talking crap on you guys when you guys, when he's hiding kind of how it was in reality. Um, and for kind of everyone that we coach, it's important for them to know that what they are doing is going to work. Uh, and that what we are doing is, you know, we're tracking, we're looking at results and we're going to progress and we're looking at things logically. And it's easy to get caught up in some of this stuff and it's fun. You know, it, it makes training fun to get in there and just, uh, and do what they do. Um, but, uh, that, that's really where it is. It's, it's about fun. It's not about actually getting good at weightlifting. Mm -hmm. So they're all of their conversations. So that's a, this is like a podcast to keep in mind that that podcast was them just appealing to their own fan base, um, their own group of weightlifters so that they can keep pushing each other and have that, that attitude nation that, um, you know, that, uh, that mentality that they, uh, are kind of wanting to portray. Um, and you know what, if you want to do it, I mean, sure, that's fun. Um, but in the end of the day, it's, 
it's not really what works. Um, I I hope all of because there there is different ways to do it. People view hard work differently. I just hope that their hard work gets them to Vegas with us, and then we can say hi and have dinner about this in Vegas if if they get there. Um. Yeah, that'll be a fun dinner. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think that's uh, that's about all I got to say. Um, those are just some of the things that I remember off the top of my head from actually listening to that podcast. It was kind of tough to get through, but uh, I made it through and um, on, on double speed. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's not idolize uh, punching walls if you miss attempts either, because if you punch the wall and break your hand, and then you can't train for two weeks or two months. Or however many months it takes to recover from your broken hand, that's no good you, either. But you were passionate, yeah. so you know. You know, I, I, I never did get that. Um, uh, I, I don't know if that has anything to do with weightlifting at all. I think that has to do more with uh, uh, temper tantrums, um, and whether or not the camera is on, uh, and kind of what you're. You know, that I think that's that might have been why John did it. It was just like. I don't think he, uh, I don't think he had full temper tantrums. I think Donnie had temper tantrums and would throw chairs and punch walls and stuff. And that'll happen sometimes. Cause you're training there with a bunch of kids that are young and, um, and Glenn wasn't really like there to make them better people. He was there to make them better weightlifters. Um, so he didn't really, you know, tell them not to have temper tantrums. Um, but I think there's definitely, a lot more value in, uh, in discipline of behavior, of behavior, um, than you might think. Uh, and I think throwing temper tantrums and punching walls and throwing chairs is, is again, it's not conducive to uh, long-term results, but, uh, you know, that's a, that, that's a whole, uh, whole separate thing. I think, uh, you know, you can be strongly emotioned, but, it's still, you know, don't, don't take it to that, uh, that level of temper tantrum. Um, unless the camera's on and then you get <laughs> footage and then you're getting clicks and likes on Instagram, um, and stuff like that. Uh, that's a, that's a different thing. Well, you know? <laughs> another thing to think about too, is they preach the Penley method, but I'm pretty sure if you're having 10 misses or more a day, you're, you surpass that 85% make limit that Glenn talked about on his blog. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, uh, yeah, you gotta, you gotta show up to training enough to, uh, you know, what? you know, John did show up to training sometimes cause there would be times where he would like show up and he would train and he would actually get really good. Uh, you would see it in a squat and it was just like, then used to be like, Oh, see John, if you just show up and train, like you get better. Um, so he, yeah, he probably does have an idea of it. Um, he might just be using it as a, um, as a, as a motivational thing and not a realistic type thing, you know, like, Oh, we're doing cleanse thing. Like everybody. And another and thing that's, too, that's though, motivating. But the Penley method is, um, Glenn used to say there was beginners, intermediates and advanced, but if you're having everyone on max edit, max effort every day, you're probably in the advanced category the whole time and treating everyone as if they're advanced lifters. Hmm. Good point. Yeah, I, I yeah, think I some... think a lot of this matter depends on the level that you're at. I, I think, and especially being here at West Virginia, like there there are things that I think I would do different that I don't think they should do. And I, I said that the other day. Um, something I said in the How group the other day, and James responded. It's about getting strong in in weird positions. And I looked at one of the guys. I'm like, yeah, I like this movement. I like what we're doing. I think it'd be cool for you to do, but I don't think you need to get strong in the weird spot yet. Like I want you to learn what the good spot is, like what the normal movement pattern is first, because they're still inconsistent with the normal movement pattern before we start trying to tweak it and give them variations. Like what level is this lifter at that oh, you're speaking to? I see it. Like, like teaching them how to do like a no contact snatch right? Yeah, before like teaching I, them how to do a full snatch. Right. I don't think that you know, they like should a, do no contact. I would, what was it? I had the, Oh, the no hook, no foot. Uh, there were three people at the gym like, oh, I've never 
done that. And I looked at one of them specifically. I was like, and I hope that you never do this, at least not for a few years. Because for her, like, that's just not, that would be a terrible idea to have her start doing that. But that's just where she's at right now. It'll change eventually. In five years, she might be doing them. In, in three years, she might be doing them. But what level is the lifter at? I think that makes a difference in how you should train them. I don't think that the 14-year-old who just got to the gym should be training the exact same way James did at Muscle Driver. Would he get better? Yes. Would that same 14-year-old kid get better if you told him to drink a gallon of water and walk upstairs? Yes. So at what level are they? Yep. So you, you mean look at things logically and track things and see if it's working or not? Mm. Yeah. So that's like, you know, that, uh, that there's the difference, you know, what, what, uh, what you actually have to do and then what you have to think about are two different things, but it is important to distinguish between them. You know, don't start believing the lies you tell yourself in order to make a heavy lift. You know, you know, it's just like, oh, I got to start believing like let's say if you went this far, you know, like this, what Ivan Abajay have said is, you know, I think the best training method is when I have guns on their family members. Um, and that if they do not train hard, their family members get shot. Um, okay. All right. All right. Let's start telling yourself that in the United States. Um, now don't start believing that because then, you know, what's going to happen? Then you're going to run home and you're going to like run into your house okay. and, you know, think your family's got uh, guns pointed at them and you're going to be running in like a crazy person. Right. And then your family's going to be like, uh, we need to leave this person, you know? You know, there's uh, there's consequences to believing your own lies. Um, you need to, to distinguish uh, what you tell yourself to motivate yourself versus uh, reality. Yeah. Um, it's a you know it's a fine line, um, and different people need to do different things to be motivated. Uh, you know, sometimes you might not believe this, but some people don't have to lie to themselves to be motivated. You know, they can just be motivated by uh, things like uh, getting a singlet. At an international competition, you know, that's the goal. Yeah. You could be motivated by the next step is, you know, making it to the A session of an international competition, you know, mm -hmm. and, then, and the next step, you know, making a top three, um, you know, step by step goals and uh, looking at things logically. It, uh, it works. Um, you don't have to. Uh... Yeah, you know, that's the biggest thing is, you know, take a look at things take a step back uh, and look at the whole picture. I think uh, people just need to be realistic with themselves a lot, whether it's, it's good or bad, be realistic. Um, I've now realized after this many years, I'm not going to snatch 160. I, I had to be, that's not that, that number is not in the cards for me. Could I get up to 45? Okay. 50? Okay. 60? Probably not. Like That's one of the ones like I had to have, I had to think about it. Like how far can I go? And then what, how far, what am I willing to do to get to that number? You need to be realistic with what you're actually willing to do. Are you willing to not have a job, not go to school and train for eight, nine hours a day? If you are okay, if you're not, then think about that and know that your decisions are going to hinder where you go. And that's fine. Yeah, and we've had this conversation a few times, Tyree, uh, about that very specific uh, subject about putting um, right there. Even you kind of did a little bit as you you said, "I'm not going to snatch 160." Um, and I think a better way to look at that um, would be to just focus on that next closest thing, like 140. Oh, yeah, maybe that could happen. Mm -hmm. Just focus on that. Don't keep going down that path. Don't go to the point where you're like, I don't believe that can happen because then you're saying, I don't believe something. Just focus on that next achievable goal because that's all that really matters. Uh, that's something that James Clear even says. He says, you know, goals are kind of irrelevant um, because they can kind of mess up things. The things that actually make you achieve the goals are the habits, the little things that you do every day to step towards progressing. You don't even have to think about the goals. You know, you got them there and you um, you just need to make sure you're doing the habits, those process goals, those things that are immediately in the future, in the now, to make you progress. Um, so, I don't know. Lots of interesting things. Don't forget the good side, too. You also need to think about the good side. Tell yourself the good stuff. Like, 
I mean, I said this, I think I said this last week. I'm, I'm better than 95% of the people out there. Am I number one yet? No. But I'm better than 96% of you. No, remember, you just bought a saw cert. That's all you did, remember? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I bought a saw cert and the CrossFit cert. And God, getting a master's in coaching and sports education, uh, that's ridiculous. Hmm. Yeah, noob. Uh, yeah, so... Yeah, I don't know. It. Uh, I think that. Uh, I think that about covers it. Um, that's kind of our our rebuttal to the silliness. I feel like we just needed to say that to uh, to let our athletes and our uh, our people know that you know what they're doing is good, um, and don't believe some of the silliness that you hear out there. Um, but uh, you know, now it's. Uh, I think we've been. Yeah, we we just hit the hour mark. Uh, we'll throw this up and see what happens. All right. So when everyone wants to talk crap to you guys, uh, where can they reach you to talk crap to you? At George81KG on Instagram, or you can find me through the House of Weightlifting page. Don't be shy. You can tag me. Uh, you can put me on your live. Do whatever you need to do. And mine is Tyree underscore Thor. And yeah, I love the comments. Go ahead and say whatever you would like. We can have nice conversations. Yeah. All right. I don't know. Again, James Tatum, USA. Um, and like I said, I'm not on uh, social media that much. I'm kind of taking a step back on it. But um, if you really want to reach me, you could probably figure it out. Um, and I'll probably notice. So um, I think that is, uh, that is it. Check us out at houseofweightlifting.com. Um, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next time.